lives, you have been so, so good. With every breath that we're able, we will sing of the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord. We worship you today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give you all a big round of applause. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Let's appreciate the band and heart and soul. Well, well done, guys. Well done. Please be seated. Thank you. Thank you for coming out today, every one of you. I know this is summer. Students are no longer in school. But thank you for being here today. And for those joining us online also, we appreciate every one of you. Thank you for being part of this service. Okay, so we're going to try and keep this very brief. I'm going to ask some quick questions. Please don't suddenly put up your hand. Make sure you hear the question first. How many of you want to be stagnant? Don't just, don't put, I said don't put up your hand automatically. All right, let's do that again. How many of you would like to be stagnant? You don't want to move forward at all in life. All right, that's what I thought. Okay, second question. How many of you would like to move at a very slow pace in life? After all, it says slow and steady wins the race. That is 300 years ago. Doesn't win the race anymore now. So how many of you would like, third question, how many of you would like to rise up like a shooting star and suddenly come down? You don't want that either. All right, so everything I'm going to be teaching today is how not to have that. How not to be stagnant, how not to be trapped in a life that is just mundane and routine. And also, how not to be a shooting star that goes up and suddenly crashes. We've had stories, we've read stories, we've heard about so many people on news, read some of them, about some of them on blogs and magazines, seen some of them on social media, that were stars today and they were no more. Not that they're dead. You know, dying is even better for them. Because to live a life whereby you used to be, let's give you a good example in the, in the, in the, in the field of sports. Some of you will probably never heard of it, but if you know basketball a little bit, you probably have heard of one of the best, well, he was one of the best players during his day, Allen Iverson. Used to, anybody heard of Allen Iverson? Yeah, all right. Used to play for New Jersey Nets. I remember it was the NBA, NBA Championship Finals against Lakers, I think it was 2001 uh, at the time. He was a very, very, very good basketballer. You can check him out. Recently I heard, sometimes last year or two years ago, that this guy was very, very broke, broke, financially broke. How do you play in the NBA and you're broke? I don't understand it. Some of you probably have, in the game of boxing, or in the field of boxing, a man called Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson made over $300 million when he was active, but he's broke. Okay, we've had over so many people like that. They were once up and suddenly they've come down. Even at a micro level, people we do know, maybe even in our families. Okay? So how not to be that is what I want to talk about very briefly. Is that okay, church? No, yes? All right, just very briefly. So I've titled this one, Sustainable Promotion. The key word is the sustainable. How to live a life in which your tomorrow is constantly, or put it this way, your today is constantly better than your yesterday. How do you live a life in such a way that your today is consistently better than your yesterday? Today is always always, consistently, always an improvement on yesterday. How can I do that? So that's what we want to talk about, very briefly. Okay? In Psalm 113, verse 7 to 8, all right, it talks about God. God raises the poor out of the dust and he lifts the needy out of the harsh heap. So God is a lifter of people. All right? God lifts people, okay? God doesn't put people down, except only on one condition, okay? But that's not my uh, focus for today. Some other time we'll talk about that. Today, it's important you know that God is a rewarder 
Okay? God rewards. God lifts people. God raises people. So, and the Bible says here, he raises the poor out of the dust and he lifts the needy from the harsh heap. That means from the garbage place. So, in other words, no matter where you are in life today, God can lift you. No matter how bad the situation is, God can lift you. And no matter how good the situation is, your tomorrow can still be better than your today. Can you say amen, please? All right. So the question then is, how do we do that? All right? That's what I want to talk about. So God wants you to be promoted, but not just promoted continuously. He wants you to advance consistently. You see, God doesn't want, if you're in school, God doesn't want you to come out of school and wait for a year, six months before you get the job. Then the first job you get, you just, just, you know, because you're bored, that's why you took up the job. Then you do that for some time, looking for the real proper job. God doesn't want you to do that. God wants you to, that the first foot you take forward, okay, is it? God doesn't want you to experiment with your life. He wants you to get it right first time. All right? So he wants you to be promoted consistently. He wants you to be promoted in a way that is irreversible. In other words, in a sustainable manner. What do I mean by that? So that you don't look back and say, wow, 2020 was a very good year. I don't just know what happened in the last two years. No. God wants today for you on a consistent basis to be better than yesterday. All right? That's what God wants of you. All right. So Psalm 115 verse 14 says, May the Lord increase you. Now look at that. May the Lord increase you more and more. So may the Lord increase you more and more. So this is what you call an infinite statement. Because it doesn't tell you when God will stop. It just says, may God increase you more and more. Until when? Well, more and more. More and more. In other words, as far as God is concerned, from his perspective, there is always room for you to be lifted. There are rooms, there are spaces in life that in your destiny that you are yet to occupy. Now, even if you are struggling to believe this, now believe it. Believe it, because it is true. I believed it when I could not pay my rent when I was living with my wife in a council flat, as we were young adults, in a council flat in London, England, in East London, in a place called Homerton, okay, very in Hackney, we're paying the council flat was 35 pounds a week. 35 pounds a week. And we couldn't pay. We were struggling. We couldn't pay 35 pounds a week regularly. That's where I came out from. Okay? But because we believed that, we believed these statements, we allowed our minds to be renewed by these statements in Scripture. That God is a lifter. And God lifted us. God lifted us. Praise God. All right. You know, it's okay to say hallelujah in church. You know that? All right. Okay. So you're not in the lecture room. You are actually in church. It's okay to say amen, hallelujah. All right? So praise the Lord. Oh, right. So you can do that. (laughs) Okay. So let's do this quickly then. What is promotion? Within the context of our conversation, what is promotion? Advancement in rank, that one is very clear. But the second definition is, for me, is the best definition I like about it. To be strategically positioned for further progress. So not just for today. So in other words, every new level builds on the old level. Okay? To be, so where I am today now, God promoted me and brought me to this point. But I must also see where I am right now as a strategic link to my future. Okay? Is this making sense to somebody? To be strategically positioned. Okay? That is why you don't just take anything in life. You take things that you know are consistent with your overall plan for your life. Okay? To be strategically positioned for further progress. And to, be, to take up more responsibilities that will lead to reward. When you are young, people, as a young person, it is natural and it is normal, I must let you know, to think of rewards before you think of responsibilities. As you mature, it's important you switch it over. Think first of responsibilities before you think of rewards. Okay, some of you are coming out of school, some of you are already working. Please think first of responsibility before you think of 
rewards. No, but rewards only follow responsibilities. Rewards follow responsibilities. So that's it. Responsibilities don't follow rewards. Rewards follow responsibilities. You'll be amazed how many people don't understand this simple equation. Okay? That's why people go to the, they're working in the place and they go to their boss and say, hi, can I speak to you for a minute? So yeah. So uh, I was just thinking, uh, I'm going to need a raise. And the first thing your boss is thinking is, seriously? A raise for what? Why? You know, this is not Santa Claus. It's an organization, okay, that has, you know, definite goals to meet and purpose. What extra value do you want to bring on the table for you to get the race? How do you justify the race you want? So you got to understand that. Rewards follow what? Oh, please speak to me. Rewards follow what? All right, okay. So let's look at types of promotion. And you tell me the one you want. The first type of promotion I want to talk to you about is temporary promotion. Temporary promotion is when you act in a capacity or position for a short period of time, okay? That's when you're interim. The person is interim. They just tell you, oh, you know, uh, people get jobs and say, oh, so, you know, somebody's on maternity leave, you know, just, just come and, you know, work for about six months, give you a six-month contract. You'd, you've been promoted. I mean, you've, been, you've gone from not having a job to having a job, and we celebrate every single progress. But understand, that's the temporary promotion. Okay, temporary promotion. Temporary promotion. Keep that in mind. Acting in the capacity of position for a short period of time. There are some people that work, you get a job, it's supposed to be a full time position, but after some months, they let you go. Okay? It was just temporary. Or you're in a relationship, it's temporary. And the person says, you know what, it's not working. Okay, six months later, you get into another relationship. You know what, it's not working. That means it's just temporary. So something has to be done about that. Now, conditional promotion is the second type. That's when you're on probation. In other words, you advance, you advance you're, but there are certain criteria you've not fulfilled that you're waiting to be, that is waiting to be fulfilled before you can actually be advanced. Many people are also on this level, whereby they are conditionally making progress in life. Okay? They're only making progress conditionally. I, I see this happen to a lot of businesses. The businesses are only doing well based on certain conditions, certain conditions. So when the, those conditions are not met, they cannot do well. All right? Keep that in mind. Did you get that? Okay. Number three. <laughs> Most people in the world that have promotion, this is what they have. What is this one called? Common promotion. This is when you obtain a position through natural principles only. What are some of these natural principles? Diligence. Self-exertion, you know, and so on and so forth. Relationships, networking. You network with people, you build relationships, you have good, you generate goodwill, and all of that. And people do that, and you should do that. It's okay, you know, you network with friends and all that. But if that is the only way you get promoted, understand that what you're dealing with here is common promotion. Now, I have a problem personally with that. I do have a problem as a Christian. If as a Christian, all of my life and everything that happens in my life can be explained alone by natural principles, what is the use? What is the use? So, in other words, I get into a Lamborghini, okay, and we're going from here to, let's say, Windsor, okay? We're going from here to Windsor, all right? And let's assume there are no other cars on the road, okay? And somebody is walking. No car, no motorcycle, no bike, nothing. No, you know, just taking a walk. And we get there at the same time. Then what is the use of the Lamborghini? So you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You have power.
power, horsepower, your power on the inside of you, that is greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. So then, if you now, with the Holy Spirit living in you, you now have to subject yourself to natural principles only, then what is the use? Something is wasting somewhere. Are you following this? Come on, are you following this? So as a Christian, the way I normally define this is this. There should be aspects of your life as a Christian that can be explained by natural principles. And there should be aspects of your life that people will look at and say, wow, I can explain this, but I can't explain this. You see, I, I, I usually use this example and I find it to be the best example I have personally found in scripture. When Moses, in Exodus chapter 3, God had his name, Moses, Moses, and he turned around. He saw the burning bush. The bush was on fire. It was burning, but it was not consumed. So I normally explain it to people that, you know what? You can explain by natural principles, okay, spontaneous combustion in the wilderness can be explained by natural principles. Because what do you need to have combustion, to have fire anyway? You need oxygen, you need fuel, anything can serve as fuel, but dry leaves is fuel. Okay? And you need heat, a source of heat. So when the temperature in the wilderness is very high, sometimes goes all the way to about 50 degrees Celsius, the leaves are dry, and of course oxygen is there, you can have spontaneous combustion. So that can be explained away with chemistry. What chemistry cannot explain there is that the bush is burning, but it's not consumed. Did you see that now? Come on, did you see that now? So you can see that there's an aspect of it you can explain away. So there should be an aspect of your life that people can look at and say, well, of course, I can understand why so-and-so is like that. You know, why this and this is happening for her. You know, she's just, you know, they can explain it away. They can even call it luck. But there should be some other aspects of your life that they look at. And the more they look at it, the more they say, I just can't figure out why she just seems to get all the right bricks in life. I just can't figure out why he seems to just be at the right place at the right time. Maybe it's just lucky that you cannot tell them it's not luck, it's the favor of God. Do you have anybody in the house? It's the favor of God. You know, you can explain some things away, you can't explain some things away. All right? How do you explain that during the pandemic? During the pandemic, we had just moved into this building. The second Sunday in this building, everything was shut down. Everything was shut down in the whole country. Second Sunday, just two Sundays. And then during the pandemic, when things were closing down, businesses were closing down, churches were closing down, and this particular church kept thriving, kept thriving. And we did better in the pandemic than before the pandemic. How do you explain that? So you can explain that, oh, right, they came into a new building. But how do you explain that in the time of famine, we had more than we had before the famine? You see, this can only be based on number four which is sustainable, sustainable. And this sustainable means unlimited. You're unlimited in your advancement. In other words, you, have, you never actually reach the topmost height that you can ever reach. The reason is that the topmost height is very far from where you and I are. Whatever height you reach is still not the topmost you can reach. You have not exhausted your potential. There is still so much more you can do in life, okay? Unlimited, unlimited, unlimited. Un you have unlimited room to grow. You have unlimited room to advance. You have unlimited room for joy, unlimited, unlimited room for everything to move forward in life. So, and this constant progress, very importantly, cannot be reversed. So no matter how many people are upset with you, angry with you, you know, sometimes when you're in school as a university student, college student, whatever it is. Sometimes you don't understand real life. In real life, out there, it's not everybody that will like you. It's not everybody that will like you. There, will be some, there are some very mean people out there. There are some people that are out there. This is not, this has got nothing to do with your mother's enemies or your daddy's enemies. And sometimes some people say, well, you know, my mom, she keeps on praying and trying to fight all these enemies. I don't know, my mom got some enemies. This has got nothing to do with the mom's enemies. It's just human nature, human nature. The heart of man is desperately wicked. It's not everybody that will applaud you when you start advancing in life. Have you noticed that when they call you forward and say, well, 
David is doing very well today in, his, in the staff meeting. David is doing well, well. Last month he was the best guy. This month is also the best guy. Somebody right there and then will roll their eyes. And from then you've won a very powerful enemy. You've won a very powerful enemy. You know, you get into a relationship with a guy. You like the guy. The guy likes you so much. And both of you like each other. You, you know, you have some plans for your future. You know, everything's going on well and all of that. Somebody's going to be jealous somewhere. True? Not true? This one's the one who said it. Anybody at the back there, is it true? Very true. You introduce someone and say, oh, hi. Mason says, hi. Right there and the attitude has started. What's your problem? You greeted me very well when I didn't have anybody beside me. Now I have somebody beside me. What's your problem? You didn't expect me to be on this level? I've seen people that really wanted to go this far, but they don't want you to go this far. There are people like that in life. And sometimes you start, a new, you start in a new place of work, and right there and there, somebody just doesn't like you. And from the very first day, they start orchestrating how you're going to get out of that place. You better believe what I'm telling you, because it's real life stories. They're real life stories. Okay? So then, sustainable promotion is what gives you the guarantee that no matter how many people like you or don't like you, they can't change. They're powerless to change the trajectory of your life, which is upward movement. They look at you. The Bible says it will set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. They look at you and they are powerless to change it. You know, do you know how powerful and intimidating that can be to the enemy? For people to look at you and there's nothing they can do about it. They don't like it that you are really advancing, but what can they do? They're powerless. They can't stop it. I see people that will be the head and not the tail. Amen. I want to say that again. Please do say amen. I see people that will be the head and not the tail. Amen. Okay? So, now, usually, this sustainable promotion is obtained through obedience to spiritual laws. Okay? So, this is not just natural principles now. Now, the spiritual laws don't replace the natural principles necessarily. So the principles of diligence, hard work, um, you know, networking, okay, you, go, you still do that. But there's also some spiritual laws that you have to obey, you have to comply with, and when in compliance with those spiritual laws, it puts you on a level whereby the upward trajectory of your life becomes sustainable. You just keep going. You keep going. You keep going. And keep going. You never know a better yesterday. You just keep going. You keep going. And you keep going forward. Okay? Now, why? Why should you pursue, out of the four types of promotion I've shown you today, conditional one, okay, temporary one, conditional one, the common one, and the sustainable one, which one will you like? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Which one do you want? All right. You know, when you're in church and you're speaking, the pastor or the people sitting next to you are not necessarily your audience. God is your audience. And he's asking you a question through me. Which one do you want? Exactly. That's what I want for myself too, sustainable promotion. I want to have the confidence in life. Right now, we're in the month of June of 2022. I want to have a confidence in life that this same time next year, when I look back, I'll be like, wow, look at look how far I have come. When I look back again another year, I will say to myself, look how far I've come. And this will seemingly will be effortless on my part. Why? Because in compliance with principles, the principles themselves will lift me up. You know, the pilot in a plane doesn't groan to fly the plane. All the pilot done is to, the pilot does, rather, is to is to comply with the rules, okay, and the laws of flight. And the principles of aerodynamics are powerful enough to lift the plane, okay? That's, what, that's all. So in obedience to those spiritual laws, you have sustainable promotion. You take flight. You take flight. I pray for you today that you will take flight in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, my daughter... You know, she has spoken to you here about career last year. Probably I'll get her to come and speak to you again. You know, this is what has happened. I remember when she got a job 
initially she was working as a business analyst and all of that. She was in her 20s. Then she worked as a project manager. Then I kept telling her, you know, you need, your, you need to make a bit of a career switch at this point to get into a place whereby you can keep on going forward. Then anyway, to cut long story short, then she got this job as a director on the level of a director. When she got the job, one of those days we were thanking God. And I told her, I said, do you know that this is the last job you will, be, you will have to apply for? You won't apply anymore. They will be headhunting you. The next series of jobs you will get until you become the CEO, they will be calling you to tell you we're offering you the job. She moved from being a director to being a VP in a particular company. So she was in the company and things were going on very well. Then one big, far bigger company came and bought off her company. Her company was big already. You know, she was managing a budget of $300 million at that time. Then a bigger company came and swallowed it up and bought it. Okay, she works in the insurance industry. And bought her own company. Many people in her, you know, there were her colleagues as VPs. Some of them, they took them. True life story. They left from being a VP in the company that was bought and they downgraded them to director level in the new company. Some even took up the role of senior managers because they didn't want to lose their job. Some that took up the role of VP, some of them, they've let them go already now. And recently now, she got a powerful promotion in this new place. She was telling me, she was telling me a few days ago, true life story, that out of the about 3,000 staff that were absorbed from her previous company, she's the only one in just one year that has been promoted. Sustainable promotion. Only one. Now, now, last week, you know, her letter came. You know, she showed me the letter. When I saw the letter, you know, I just, I gave her thanks. So I told her, I said, <laughs> my wife and I, we told her, we said, so, because it says that at the bottom of the letter, it says, if you will accept this offer. So I said, accept the offer. She said, oh, no, no, dad, I can't do that. I said, why? She said, you don't do accept the offer. You have to wait till tomorrow. Ah. <laughs> Now, as an, as an African parent, I said, I don't understand. What are you waiting for? You, do you want the job? She said, yes. Do you, are you okay with the terms, what they've given you? She said, yes. I said, but you know, I have to play a little bit hard to get. I said, ah. <laughs> you know, but it's interesting. They were calling her. They got, they got the COO to call her to ask her if she was okay. Have she seen it? Is she all right with it? I, I said, Seriously? I said, you really have these people by the neck, you know? But what has happened really is that spiritual laws are in place for her and she's flowing with that and she is not being interviewed for a job and they're offering it to her and asking her if she wants it. When she spoke to her previous team to say, you know, after it's been announced, she signed off and she was announced in a place of work and her team knew about it. So she spoke to her previous team that, you know, I'll be leaving you guys since I've been promoted, I'm moving on. Men, men, I mean, people that are, born in Canada, born and bred in Canada, Caucasians, they were crying. I'm telling you, crying. So I said, what do you do to these people? Are you Dr. Phil or what? <laughs> you know, you know, they were crying, saying, oh my God, we miss you, we just hope we can work together again. And, and what has happened is that the spiritual laws have triggered favor. I'm praying for you today that you will not have to struggle again in life. And I know people that are taking papers around, carrying papers around. Here's my resume, my resume. You know, I'm linked in, I'm linked out, I'm joined in, I'm joined out. And they are getting nothing. And the reason is because they are only following natural principles. You know, let me say this to you. It's not everybody that struggles in life. And you don't need to struggle. You can choose to if you want to. It's a free world. You can elect to say, well, it doesn't matter to me. I don't want to listen to this guy. I'm going to do it my own way. Welcome to the school of struggle. But if you're saying to yourself, you know what? I'm going to try this. You know, you can, if you have a moment, you want to have a chat. And when we have, on the 24th of July, when we have, um, um, you know, um, the meet and grill, you know, with PW and PTA, you know, you can, my daughter is in the bookshop there. You can go out, out there, talk to her. You know, she'll talk to you about all of, some of these things I'm talking about. You know, it, it, she doesn't struggle. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to struggle at all. Things can just, you know, fish don't struggle in the water. It's human beings that struggle in water. How many times have you seen fish enlist in swimming school to say, I want to learn swimming? Fish don't struggle for that. 
They don't, they don't enlist in diver school. They don't carry oxygen tanks on their back to dive into the water. They don't do all of that. They just burn for this. They don't struggle in water. Just like the eagle doesn't struggle in the air. You're not meant to struggle. It is when you are out of your place in God that struggle begins. Struggle is a curse that God caused the, caused the earth for man's sake as a result of disobedience. You're not supposed to struggle in a relationship or struggle in your career or struggle in business or struggle in life at all. So if you see people struggle and people tell you that, oh, you know, when I was a student in the school I went to in southwestern part of Nigeria, called the University of Ife in those, you know, in those days, school I went to, we're known for rioting. I mean, we're known for academics, don't get me wrong, but we're also, <laughs> we're also known for a lot of agitation, social unrest. And one of the statements we used to make then is aluta continua, which basically means the struggle continues. Victoria Sata, victory is certain. Victory was never certain. <laughs> and all throughout my days in school, the struggle continued. And we kept on saying that. You know, and we came out of school and we continue to struggle. Because you shall have whatever you say. We continue to struggle. Struggle continues. And we celebrated struggle. We celebrated struggle. The fact that I've tried, I'm working hard. But you see, it's not, it's not, you don't have to, you have to work smart. You have to allow principles to take over. Are you still with me, somebody? Let's take a quick look at this. Let's look at Daniel quickly, and we close here today. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 to 28, and I'm not going to read everything. I'm just going to break it down into portions. You can go back home yourself and read it. So the king plans to promote Daniel. So Daniel was already doing well. Now the king was now planning to give him even a greater level of promotion. Okay? So the Bible says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 to 5, so let's read this part. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 governors. So the word satraps there means governors. Okay? to be over the whole kingdom. So note that there were 120 governors. And over this, there were three governors. So this governors there, another word for that is supervising governors. So you have these governors over these 120 regions. Then you have people that were supervising them, three. So that means 40 governors reported to one of them. Is it clear? So it's like, you can say the satraps are like directors, the governors are like VPs. Okay? from whom Daniel was one. So Daniel was one of the three. So that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Verse 3, Daniel distinguished himself among the three. Are you following? All right. So, because an excellent spirit was in him. So Daniel was hardworking, don't get me wrong. Daniel networked, don't get me wrong. Daniel had mental excellence, don't get me wrong. He was competent, but the Bible says the reason why he was actually distinguished was an excellent spirit was in him. Then the Bible says that the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Do you know what that means? That means becoming the CEO or CEO. So everybody is going to report to him. So now, what you have to understand, if you look closely at this set of verse, please listen. There were 120 satraps and there were three governors over them. Right? So originally in this structure, 120 satraps Three governors. Who do you think the three governors reported to? Thank you. The three governors reported to the king. But when the king saw that one of the three governors, which, of which Daniel was one, Daniel excelled. So the king thought, you know what? I'm going to have, to, actually, I want to restructure this organization. We're going to do some restructuring so that these three governors don't have to report to me. Three governors will report, we're going to create a new position of a COO, whereby the three governors will report to the COO, and the COO can report to me, maybe once in three months we can have, give me an update. You following now? In other words, because Daniel was advancing, and the structure of the organization will not allow him to move forward, they changed the structure for him. <laughs> See that? So don't be confused and they say, oh, this, this is the, what the structure is. They will bend the structure for you. They will create a new structure for you. They will create a new position for you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Even if it has not existed before, if you're going to be the first person, like in the case of Daniel, they will have to change the structure for you. That's what happened to Daniel. So the king, the king said, you know what? This is what I'm thinking. 
So when the Bible says the king gave thought, that means the king is thinking about it, but he's also taking inputs from some of his closest advisors. So the king is thinking, what do you think? I, I want, I'm, this is what I'm thinking. I want to do some restructuring. So he, you know, he, he outsourced it to one of these uh, consulting firms. They came back with a proposal. He's telling them, this is what I want to do. They said, do you have anybody in mind? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel, look at, look at it. Look at the numbers. Look at what Daniel has been doing. I want to put Daniel in this particular position. I want to do so and so and so to report to him. So the king is thinking about this. Then the Bible says, those governors and the satraps, so the remaining two governors and the 120 satraps, that's 122 people. Okay? 122 people, they wanted to find a charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no fault against him because he was faithful and there was no error of fault found in him. So they wanted to find fault concerning his diligence and competence. So they said, no, 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 we can't do that because Daniel, Daniel is qualified, Daniel is diligent, and Daniel is competent. So Daniel is competent, Daniel is diligent, Daniel is qualified for this position. He's productive, he's producing results. So the people said, oh, listen, even if we do that, we can't stop him. The best way to stop him is to stop him from operating the spiritual laws that brought him to this point. The people realized that what brought Daniel to that point were spiritual laws. So they said, we're going to have to stop the spiritual laws. So stop him from complying with those spiritual laws. So they said, you know what? We shall not find any charge against him unless we find it against him concerning, look at that, the what? That's spiritual laws. The law of his God. So they said, don't let us deal with him in the natural is competent. This guy is competent. This guy is diligent. This guy is qualified. But let's attack him so that he does not comply with the spiritual laws that brought him to this point. And that's what the enemy does concerning a lot of you guys. You see, Satan is tell, told you that, you know, this is a friend, doesn't even do church, doesn't do God, you know, and look at him, he got a good job with this. He got a good job with it. Please, those are smoke and mirror. That's smoke and mirror. Don't buy into that. It's okay, I'm not denying the fact on the ground. But you see, because if somebody has started the journey and said, on your marks, get said, go. This is the marathon. And I've seen this. You know, you know, I know. <laughs> when I was in the university, I used to play, we used to do this thing called pranks. And I played it quite a lot of pranks. We used to run, we used to do some race, maybe like, I don't know, 20, 15, 20 kilometers which is not a real marathon, but maybe half or quarter of a marathon. And you see some guys that would dress up, nice, nicely dressed up, and they'll be jogging at the start line. Jogging. They'll be intimidating you with what they're wearing. And when they say, get set, go. You see them jogging, jogging in the front. They're jogging in the front. And you're thinking, my God. And then you see a cameraman, they snap pictures after about 300, uh, 400 meters. <sighs> they exit. They never finish. It's a long race. Life is a marathon. Life, the Bible says, run the race set ahead of you with patience. It's a, raw, it's a long race. So understand that. Okay? So they attack Daniel. So the enemy attacks. Just at, just when you're doing well. You are the threshold of something big. And I mean something very big. That's when the enemy attacks. You are the threshold of a life-changing opportunity. You are the threshold of something that will change you forever. Then the enemy attacks. And in this particular case, how did the enemy attack? Daniel chapter 6, verse 16 to 17. So the king gave a command. Okay? And they brought Daniel and cast Daniel in the lion's den. How? How do you go from being the most outstanding employee that the king is thinking of promoting to ending up in the lion's den? It's called attack. How do you go from appraisal of last year, I was outstanding to losing my job? How do I go from my one-on-one -on -one with my manager, and my manager said, you're doing a good job, well done. Riffle wrote me an email to say, well done. And two weeks later, my job is insecure. How do I go from that? How do I go from, you know, I'm in a relationship, we're we okay with each other, we get along very well, you know, everything's going on well, to they, we can't stand each other anymore. 
How, do, how does that happen? Well, it's called A-W-T-A-C-K, attack. Attack of the enemy. Unfortunately, your worst enemy is not a visible enemy. Your real enemy is not visible. Your real enemy is invisible. And that is why your real friend or your best friend is not the one that you can see physically. Your best friend should also be invisible. Because when you face an invisible enemy, you need an invisible ally. You see? That's why, friends, you need God. You need God. You need God. You need God. I thank God that I, I, I didn't understand this before I was age 25, but by the age 25, when I gave my life to Christ, I knew straight away that I needed God. You know, I needed, I need an invisible ally to confront an invisible enemy. So, now the Bible says something here. They threw him in the lion's den. Okay? But the king knew that Daniel was obeying some spiritual laws. So the king said, your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Anytime I read this particular verse, you know, it shakes me. When somebody is thrown in the lion's den, frankly speaking, you don't need to lock the door. Number one, you cannot outrun a lion. Neither can you outmuzzle a lion. And trust me, I know. I went to Masai Mara in Kenya some years ago. Myself, my wife, my entire family anyway, went there. And they put us in this open SUV or Jeep. First, I was scared. How can it be open? And they were driving us around. Then I gained confidence as they were driving us around. I didn't see any lion. I didn't see any animal. There was no roaring of any animal. Not even a rat ran ahead of me. So I told the guy, the guard, I said, you know what? Is it okay if I take a walk because I like to take a walk? I will never forget the man's answer. The man told me, in any direction you go, you will not last 20 minutes. You cannot last 20, any direction. You choose the direction. Anyway, to cut the long story short, I'll tell you to laugh, so don't laugh at me. So anyway, so they took us to the hotel. I was expecting to get to something like a Marriott Hotel, West, you know, Western Hotel here in Canada. Some, some hotel that is made of brick and mortar. So they said, hotel, hotel. So when we got to the reception, they gave us the key. First one, I saw the key. I started suspecting that this is bad. Then they took us to this place. It was a nice place, nice hotel. Very nice, well put together. But it was a tent. Because they're supposed to have the feeling of living in the jungle. So it was a tent. Nice tent. You know, has the washroom, has everything. Only, the only brick part was the washroom part. Every place where you go to sleep is a tent. So you just cover the tent. You sleep. So my family was in there. He gets more interesting. There's no fence in that jungle. The, because the hotel is right in the middle of the jungle. Masai Mara. There's no fence. They only have this thing about four feet tall, strings of wire, electric. They call it electric fence. So I sat around right in front of, for some reason, the room they chose for me is right overlooking the jungle. So at night, at about 6 p.m., the sun, sunset, Everything was dark. I don't know if it's my imagination or if it's, I was hearing. I started hearing, mm. <laughs> honestly, honestly, with all the Holy Ghost in me, I had so much fear. I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus, you didn't tell me this is going to be my last day on earth. <laughs> I did, you no, know, my wife slept off. My son slept off. I don't know what was wrong with him. But anyway, I could not sleep. I did not sleep one week. I sat down, but look, at least I have to see what we want to eat me. I should see it. Because they also told me, as I was going to the tell that, the previous year, lions actually breached the fence. So I said, thank you for that information. <laughs> Why did you tell me when I was still in Canada? Why are you not telling me here? They said, lions actually breached the fence. I'm like, oh, God. So I started hearing this sound. And it's not my, I don't think it's my imagination. I was actually hearing the sound. And they told us that by 6 a.m. they would pick us up to go in to see the lions in the natural habitat. I, I, I didn't sleep at all. By like 5, I was already just waiting for them to come. So by about 6 o'clock, I started hearing footsteps. I said, ah, it's done. That's a lion. 
I'm sure it's a lion. <laughs> I'm sure it's a lion. <laughs> I'm sure it's a lion. But anyway, so the guy came and, you know, pressed um, the bell, made himself known, and we said, oh, we're ready and all of that. We had a shower and all of that stuff, and, you know, we got ready. Then, you know, my wife has been sleeping. I know all of this is captured in video. One of this, I'll play the video for you here. You know, it's all captured on video. And then they took us to go and see the lions in their natural habitat. Oh, what beauty. And we got there, and the man said, this is lions. I said, oh, thank you very much. I've seen, I can see them. Then he started moving closer. I said, I said, I can see. I'm the one that wants to see them. And I said, I can see. I've already seen them, and I know everything about them. Please, let's turn back. Let's start going. The man said, no, no, no. You've got to enjoy it. You've got to come and see. Come and see. See that one. See that one. Then he draws up very close. Then suddenly, we saw one leopard that was carrying um, um, an animal, a prey that has killed, and climbing. Then we, the man said, I want to move, you move to move close so that you can take pictures. Now I had this camera. So the man said, I wanted to take pictures. I said, no, I can't. Don't worry, the camera's less. <laughs> and took us close. We went very close to the tree. That's when all of a sudden my wife started saying, no, no, move back, move back, move back. Because the, the, the big cat, you know, five cats, the big five, just jumped down, left the prey and jumped down because it felt threatened. And came down. The man said, just don't shout. Don't move and don't shout. It's okay. They won't do anything. And the, the whole jeep is open. I don't know why the man said don't shout because that's exactly what my wife did. She started shouting, holding me. I said, why are you holding me? <laughs> me I'm afraid myself. She was holding me. Say something. Do something. I said, what do you expect me to do? That's why I understand that. Love is very powerful. The husband loves your wife. Wife loves your husband. When, when it comes to danger, the wife pushes, pushes the husband to the danger. <laughs> she pushed me. Pushed me to the danger. You know, but anyway, I captured everything on video. And all I told her, any day you prove to be a strong man, I'll play this video in church for you. <laughs> you know. They threw Daniel there, and then the Bible said they brought a stone and sealed it so that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. This is why people lose their jobs sometimes and they never get, they find it difficult to get another job because what they're fighting is not natural. Please follow me. But how did Daniel get supernatural victory? We're going to look at some of the things he did later on. But Daniel walked in supernatural victory in Daniel chapter 6, verse 22 to 23. And it said, my God sent his angel and shut the mouth of the lions. And I'm praying for somebody here today that the mouth of the lions concerning you will be shut in Jesus' name. Shut. So this is teaching you something. Just because there's an open door does not mean there are no oppositions. There are oppositions in the similitude of lions. He said, and they have not hurt me. They have not hurt me. You can have all these people in your places of work that don't like you and everything, but your testimony will be that, yes, there are lions there, but guess what? They did not hurt me. Not that they did not want to hurt me, but they could not hurt me. Why? Because my God shut the mouth of the lions. Those that are speaking against me where I could not speak what they were saying, God made sure that what they were saying against me became ineffective. They could not hurt me. I pray that was going to be your portion in Jesus' name. All right, 23 says, Now the king was exceedingly glad for him, commanded that they should take Daniel up. They took Daniel up. Daniel was taken out of the den. Look at that. No injury was found on him. No injury was found on him. Even if you lose this particular job, then you... Get a new, let, me say this, let me say this to you. Please listen carefully. As a Christian, you should never be fired from any job. Even if they want to let you go, you should get another job first before they are permitted to let you know that, you know what, um, we're restructuring or whatever and we'll not be able to accommodate you in this place again. By the time they're telling you that, you're stretching for your hand to shake down and say, thank you for the opportunity you've given me. Because you already got another job yourself. If you leave the, my brother-in-law, you know, one of my brother-in-laws in London, England, he had a very powerful testimony in this regard. And he, he works in change management. Um, he did what is called Prince Two in England, and he works in change management. He's a great guy. And he got his job, and he, he was, the job was about to run out. 
But they just called him out of the blues for another interview. He didn't even know that they were having some of these plans against him. But as a Christian, he's been you know, following spiritual principles. And they called him. He had this interview on a Wednesday. By Thursday, he got a job. It was to start on Monday. So he was about to tell them on Monday that he started a job. On Friday, they told him that his job here was over. And they paid him for not, for, for, for in, in lieu of notice. So they paid him. He said, oh, thank you so much. They said, we just hope you take this very well. He said, oh, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll kind of take it. He collected the money. Thank you, Jesus. And on Monday, he stepped into a new position. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. You see, you see, there's this book in the Bible that many young girls don't like to read. It's called Leviticus. Maybe if I come, against, come across that, it's not a, one of those Greek mythology gods. Leviticus, you know, Leviticus is a book in the Bible, the third book in the Bible. Chapter 26, verse 10 says, you clear out the old because of the new. You don't clear out the old because they don't like you. You clear it out because of a good, you're going to a new place. Are you following now? Yeah, this is, this is what God has decided for you. You eat the old harvest and you clear out the old. Why? Oh, come on, speak to me. Why? Because of the new. So, anyway, so for Daniel, he said no injury was found on him because he believed in his God. So, Daniel then enjoys sustainable promotion. How do I know that? Daniel 6, 28 says, this Daniel, now, this is what I wanted to note. This Daniel prospered in the reign of What's the name there? Darius and Cyrus the Persian. Now, this translation is better. Daniel was successful during the time of Darius, who was king, and, and when Cyrus the Persian was king. So the fact that, so, no, well, my job is just a little bit tough now because, you know, I have a new manager. You are following natural principles only. That means you are not operating in sustainable promotion. No matter how many times they change your manager, change your director, change your department, it should not affect you. Daniel prospered when Darius was his manager. He also prospered when Cyrus was his It doesn't matter whether they do mergers and acquisition, they change your manager, they give you a new role. It does not make a difference. You will still prosper because you walk in the covenant with God. All right? So what are the spiritual laws then that govern us as we go into, to, for us to have sustainable promotion? We're going to continue next week. Next week, I'm going to share with you, there are a few of them, but I'm going to share the four critical ones with you next week. That as you align yourself with this, I've done this for 22 years, I'm telling you. As you align, you, I know many people that we started together, there are just no more. Just because something is a church or something, the church cannot fold up or collapse. Out of this pandemic, many churches never survived it. And it's not because one person is lucky, it's just there are spiritual laws that we must apply ourselves to that can give you, make it effortless for you. And I'm praying for you that you will struggle no more. Okay, I'm praying for the people that are ready to say amen, that you will struggle no more. Amen. I'm praying for you that you will struggle no more. Amen. By the grace of God, I have not struggled as a pastor 22 years. I don't struggle. You know, there was a time I was preaching four services in a day. Four services, I don't struggle at all. If everything I do comes to me easily. This is not pride, this is a statement of fact. Everything I do comes to me easily. All the sermons I prepare comes to me easily. Ideas that I have for how the church is going to run comes to me easily. You know, some of my friends told me that they said, you know, pastor, you pastor two churches. Do you know that? Literally, you pastor two different churches. I said, well, I've not thought of you that way. They said, for the last five years, that's what you've been doing, the Ignite Church and House of Praise. I said, I never thought of it that way. But for me, it comes easily to me. I, I woke up 2 a.m. today or 2.30 a.m. this morning. I don't feel tired. I don't feel, I'm still leaving this place now for another place to minister. I do not feel tired. I don't feel weak. I don't feel I've lost any ounce of energy. Why? Because I'm not struggling. It's just like fish in water. It's you that swim 100 meters and you come out and you're breathing. And they give you a seat to sit down. A fish doesn't breathe heavily like that when it's in water. He plays around in the water. I've got, I was in Florida some years ago. I took, my son was very young there to 
um, SeaWorld to go and see, you know, different things in Florida and to go to, you know, um, you know Disney. And, you know, I, I particularly enjoy the dolphin show. It's men that go into the water and they're, they're, this thing, they're, they're puffing and puffing. The dolphin just has fun. To them, it's fun. You know, because they're created for that. You don't need to struggle. You don't need to struggle to look for a job. You don't, you know, yes, you apply natural principles, you send your resume everywhere, but all this concept of you losing your dignity because you're looking for a job, you don't need to. You don't need to change from being a Christian and be born again to being a non-Christian to get a job. You don't need to compromise on your values to get a job. You don't need all of that. You don't need to hide or change who you are as a Christian to get a job. You don't need to compromise. You can actually live life without struggle. It doesn't matter where your parents are, whether they did well or they did not do well. All that matters is that you follow the law. Whether it's a jumbo 747 jet or a private jet, all of the small little jet, propeller jet, one engine jet, four engine, big jet, Airbus 380, it doesn't matter. Just follow the laws, you will lift. I'm praying for somebody here. Effortlessly, you will be lifted. I'm praying for people that are going to say amen. Effortlessly, you will be lifted. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will not struggle. In whatever you are laying your hands to do, you will not struggle. You will not know any struggle. In the name of Jesus Christ. When I was honored with a doctorate degree in 2015, you know, the man, the, the, the president of the university, you know, he told me, when they were reading the citation, they said, this thing takes, you must have been, you know, it's either you come in through academic rigor and get the doctorate of divinity, or you must have had 35 years of ministry, 30 to 35 years of ministry, 30 years minimum to qualify. As a that time, I've only had 15 years, but they bent, they, they bent the rules. And in the citation, they said, for exceptional achievement. That's, that's what they said. Then, when, 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 when the day they were conferring the, uh, the degree on me, the president spoke to me while we were in his office, you know, and he, after, the, after the conferment, we went into his office for, for just coffee and tea, tea. The man said, he said, you know, since the time they gave this same award to T.D. Jakes, he said the hall has never been this full for any other person they've given it to. It's never been this full. The place was completely packed, struggle-free. You know, the amazing thing, I was on the stage when that same Doctor of Divinity degree was awarded to Pastor Deboye in 2011. 2015, four years later, the same thing they gave to me, no struggle. No struggle. For impact. Friends, you don't need to struggle for anything. You do, many things that many people struggle for, I found out for me in my life, I don't struggle for it. Many pastors struggle for money. Everything is about money, money, money. Bring money, collect money, let's get the offering. Let's, if you have ever been, you can watch all of our services on YouTube. You will see, we don't give. There are many times we have finished a service, we forget to take an offering. Don't even bother anybody about the offering. How? Why? Why do we do all the things we do free? We just had balanced living conference. Over it, you know, thousands of people were here. Break, free breakfast. We even had child, free child care for them. Everything was free. No struggle. And we're not bankrupt. If anything, we're buoyant. Opposite of bankruptcy. Why? No struggle. Because of spiritual love. I'm really praying for you today that you will not struggle. You know what? I'm beginning to think that I should pray for only those that want me to pray for them. If you want me to pray for you, stand up. If you don't want me to pray for you, it's okay. You can sit down. Those that want me to pray for them, I want to pray for you now. I pray for you today. In the name of Jesus Christ that is above every name, that you will not struggle. These hands you have lifted up before God, that whatever you lay it on shall prosper. Amen. By the grace of God, I have not known struggle. You will not struggle. Amen. In you getting a job, in you sustaining the job, in you getting promoted, in you being in a relationship, in you sustaining the relationship, having a wonderful relationship that is productive, that brings you joy, that is abuse-free, that builds you up, you will not struggle. Amen. 
you won't lose your Christian values to get anything in life. What your mates struggle for will come easily to you with dignity. What your friends struggle for, your mates that are unbelievers, it will come to you with dignity. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let me pray this prayer for you if you can handle it. What took your parents 10 years to achieve? In the name of Jesus Christ, within three years, it will come easily to you. Within three years, it will come easily to you. The level of favor that even your parents are yet to enjoy, that favor that will distinguish you, may that favor come upon you today in Jesus' mighty name. The favor that distinguished Daniel, the favor that set Joseph apart, that they said, can we find such a man, such as this, in woman is the spirit of God. May that favor set you apart in Jesus' name. The favor that set Ruth apart, that she found Boaz. That set Ruth apart, that her background notwithstanding, she found herself in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. I pray for you today. May that favor set you apart. Now I want to take it up a notch. I want to take it up a notch. I pray for you that this country called Canada, by apostolic authority, I command that it will cooperate with your destiny in Jesus' name. You will find favor in this country in Jesus' name. What it took my generation in this country decades to achieve, you will achieve it within five years. House prices have gone up. They're now in the millions and so on and so forth. And everything is looking so difficult and so expensive. But for you, you will not struggle. God will make a way for you where there seems to be no way. If there's anybody here struggling academically or struggling in one area or the other, today, the roots of that struggle, I curse it in Jesus' name. One more time, I make this pronouncement over your destiny. You will not struggle for anything. It will be coming to you easily. You will prosper. You will advance. You will be promoted. Doors will open for you with dignity. Whatever the enemy has put in place concerning your life or the enemy is doing right now concerning your life, to make you less than what Christ wants to make you. Today, we take authority over the enemy and we command their activities to be rendered null and void in Jesus' name. The wisdom of God that you need to apply to take you from where you are to where you ought to be. If you have been slacking behind, that will make you catch up. If you think you are behind already, that will make you catch up. The wisdom and the direction of God you need, receive it today in Jesus' name. Peter was behind at one time. He said, we have, we have fished all night. We caught nothing. Some people that threw in their net and caught something, they went back home. Some caught two or three times. They've gone back home. Here, Peter is all night, caught nothing. Then Jesus said, launch out into the deep. And the Bible said, when he did this, his net was breaking. His boat was sinking. They filled two boats, one catch only. I pray. One opportunity that will compensate for all the opportunities you have lost. One main opportunity that will Compensate for all the ones you have lost and set you on a future trajectory of progress. Today, I command such door to be open to you in Jesus' name. Where you have failed before, they might have called you a failure. Right now, I cancel that label in Jesus' name. I declare over you, you are not a failure in Jesus' name. You are not a failure in Jesus' name. There's somebody under the thought of my voice. They've called you consistently. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Don't be silly, don't be silly, stupid. Who is that person? Somebody's under the thought of my voice. Don't be shy, don't be shy. Just put up your hand, let me see you. Who is that person? They've called you stupid. Sometimes they call you stupid. Don't be silly. Who is that person? I want to pray for you. Don't be, don't be, don't be shy. Don't be shy. I want to pray for you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that yoke and that label is broken in Jesus' name. The tree that's been planted in your heart because of what you have heard is uprooted today in Jesus' name. I speak to over you today as a father and I say you are blessed in Jesus' name. 
And I say over you, you will do well in Jesus' name. And it shall be well with you. In Jesus' mighty name, I decree. Come on, if you receive that, put your hands together and celebrate God. Celebrate him. God bless you. Come on, celebrate him. Come on, if you appreciate God, if you receive that. Appreciate him. Hallelujah. Is it okay to let out a shout of hallelujah? Come on. Come on, you can do better than let out a shout of hallelujah. For the last time, let out a big, big shout of hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like you to talk to two or three people around you and tell them confidently, I will share my good news with you. Come on, come on, tell them. Tell them, I said confidently, not timidly. Tell them, I'm going to share my good news with you. God bless you. I'll share my good news with you.